Welcome to Tackless Radio. Don't care cause you lit Paying for trips, cars, bags, bags. And bought the crib, crib But she never call you out Cause she like the way that she live But that's some foul shit She wasn't even around when You ain't had no money That's why I find it fine I guess that killed hit hard Being gone for so long That's why she makes excuses all your wrongs And what's the point to keep on having kids If she just gon' be raising him That's just pure laziness I don't get it, is you tryna keep up with Thug? Is you raising him? Crazy how you really think that shit's cute Be embracing it, oh It really don't get no worse than you You ain't even got the nerve to stand up by your word Oh no Summer, summer, summer. You know what? That's what the fuck I'm talking about. That has to be like an R&B diss track. That's what it's giving me. It's giving me R&B fuck boy diss track. (laughs) For those who are unaware, Summer Walker recently dropped her second album, Still Over It, And that particular song that you just heard is titled Fourth Baby Mama. Now, I do appreciate a self-aware bitch because it is not lost on Summer that she is in a ridiculous situation. That I do appreciate. A self-aware person that is like, you know what? I am the fourth baby mama. What the fuck was I thinking? You know? But it's just something about a narcissist that just won't accept accountability. And, you know, sometimes you got to put that frustration on wax. And that's exactly what the fuck she did. And what I love about this particular song is that there are so many black women out there that want to call out the older black women about the shit that they don't do. There are, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go to the side with this one. That song really spoke to me. And the reason why I love this song in particular is because she started it off addressing the actual problem. Because men like to say women don't take accountability. And I want to say, excuse me, sir. Laws are written for y'all to skate through a lot of shit that you all should be held accountable for. I don't want to hear it. But in this particular matter, Summer was like, I'm going to take it a generation back and start with your raggedy ass mama. And then second verse, which I did not play. She gets to you. But she cleared 
his fucking mother before she addressed him because that is the root of his problem. The fact that he probably was able to get away with murder in his household because that's her king. That's my little husband. He the man of the house. No Cheryl. He's seven. He's a fucking child. He is not your boyfriend. And then he grows up and then you he he's out here with us trying to figure out how to date us. And he's like, these bitches ain't doing nothing. No, because I'm not your fucking mother. And I don't and I don't and I'm not destined to be. I'm a equal companion and you will treat me as such. And I love how she wanted to remind him that even your mother is raggedy as fuck because she didn't give a fuck about you and she wasn't even around you and she was an inadequate parent until you started making money as a producer and then she wanted to come around and she would see all the stupid shit that you would do. Older black women love to let the men, the men that they put in charge of the household now because the fucking daddy skirted out. They love letting that motherfucker skate through anything. So it's so interesting how this mother of yours wants to now all of a sudden be a mother because she can benefit from you when you were essentially a burden to her at one point. And you keep having kids with all these women and she don't give a fuck because she get a little bag or two and she just mommy daycare on the side. Like she said, she's like, what is, why keep having these children if you're not going to raise me? Your mama is. Which is a lot of y'all. I'm, hit dogs are going to holler. I already know. But that's why that song is fantastic. You all should listen to the album. It's great. Good job, Summer. Good job. We were all waiting for it. We we're rooting for you. We we're waiting on it. And unfortunately, baby, we saw the entire plane crash and burn in front of us live in real time with you. So... Kudos to a really amazing project because all that pain, like Cardi said on the first song, bitch, it, it, it worked out for you. It worked out for you. So kudos <sighs> to turning misery into money. <laughs> Let that be a little lesson, ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between. Because I am Be Bad and welcome to another episode of Tackless Radio. Good God almighty. That song got me so fucking wrapped up. I forgot to introduce y'all to who the fuck I am. Hello. Hi. How are you? But yeah, fourth baby mama, Summer Walker, (laughs) y'all. Hey Tackies, this week's special episode is brought to you by Connect Health and Fitness. That is Connect with a K, a local Black-owned wellness company located in the River North area of downtown Chicago. They offer personal training, nutrition coaching, sports massage therapy, energy work, and one-on-one boxing. Inquire about their four-pillar approach to wellness to see what sets them apart. By connecting these pillars, they pride themselves on creating the ultimate client experience every single session. 
go ahead and follow them on Instagram at Team Connect LLC and mention Tackless Radio for a special holiday discounted introductory rate. Because girl, you said last year and the year before that, that you was going to get your mind, body, and spirit right. So guess what? Go ahead and head over to Connect Health and Fitness because they can do all three. You said you was going to drop your pandemic 20. Go ahead and do it here. You said you was going to work on that ugly spirit of yours. Go ahead and do it here. And make sure that you get your aura right before you walk out. And tell them, be bad at Techless Radio sent you. Let's go ahead and get into our special episode this week where me and my lovely mother, Dr. Brandy Gale, talk about how we can close the gap between millennial children and Gen X and baby boomer parents with this episode called Growing with Grace. Well, hello, hello, mother. How are you? I'm amazing. How are you? Oh, my God. Did you just like sing that? I see where I get it from. I see where I get it from. (laughs) That's so ridiculous. Well, hi, Mommy, and hi, Tackies, and welcome back. And I have a fantastic person that, I don't know, have just known my entire life. My Mommy. Hello, Mommy. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Miss B? I'm doing okay. I'm comfortable. I'm on my couch in my pajamas and what I like to call my bitch cave, having a fantastic Sunday, just relaxing until Insecure comes on. And I figured, why not get a little tackless in on a Sunday and talk to you? Because we have fantastic conversations all the time. Ditto. I agree. And I did not realize Insecure comes on tonight. Yes. Exactly. That's what I was just like. I got my pajamas on. I'm going to get some popcorn. I'm going to get like comfortable and ready for this. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Conversations on the couch. I too am in my PJs. Looky the there. Couch. Looky Chilling. there. Yes. Conversations on the couch. Where? Jesus. And I wonder where I get my love for alliterations. <laughs> Ridiculous. Tell the people a little bit about you and the things that you are up to and the things that you do and why you essentially would be, I wouldn't necessarily say a subject matter expert, but a person that people should care about (laughs) in terms to listen to your opinions in terms of the topic we're about to speak on. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me on Tactless Radio. I'm so appreciative to be here. Yes, I am. I am Dr. Brandy Gale. I am your parental education strategist, which all began with you, my love, my firstborn, walking out this parental path, figuring out how to be a parent, trying to understand all the dynamics of each blessing that God gave. Same parents, but very different. Why? Because they're little people and people are different. On the professional side, I've served as an educator in the third largest school district for over, Jesus, three decades now. (laughs) I've been doing this, which sounds ridiculous when I say it out loud. 
And I'd like to think that I've added value to not only the lives of the community, but also the students that I've serviced and their parents, because my heart is really passionate that parents know that they are not alone because this is not easy and it is ongoing, which I now realize, which I did not <laughs> when my kids were toddlers and my granny was telling me that this was the situation. I was like, hmm, I love granny, but granny old because when these people get grown, it's a wrap. Mm, no, it's not. You still hold your children, even as adults, on your heart and you hold them in your spirit. And so I now understand it ends when I leave here. So that is I love me. that. Well, the reason I wanted to have this conversation with you on my podcast is because we actually had a really interesting discussion at lunch a couple weeks ago about growing within grace, or just basically being able to grant grace to grow. As you all have already noticed, my mother and I love alliterations, but the topic was about parent parental relationships, parental relationships specifically between millennials and Gen X and boomers, and how difficult it has been of a journey for millennials that are trying to heal childhood wounds and childhood traumas. And they're going to their parents to say, this is what I've discovered. And this is what I've learned about myself. And I want to have a conversation with you about maybe some missteps and what millennials are finding to be difficult while we're trying to have the conversations with our parents is that we're getting just a wall, just the immediate shutdown, you know, the whole, I did the best I could and I'm your mama. So this is what you need to accept. And I'm not apologizing because I'm your parent. It's a very interesting dynamic between millennials and boomers and Gen X's as we all are adults trying to have, you know, more transparent conversations. So we have had transparent conversations, which I think is why we're able to kind of open this up a little bit because a lot of my friends want to have transparent conversations with their parents and they're just finding out that they're not going to be be able to because their parents are like, uh-uh, we're not going there. My missteps, my fuck-ups, I was perfect. I'm your mama. I'm your daddy. I, cl- I gave you food. I kept you safe. I paid for this. I put a roof over your head. How dare you have critiques for me? You know, why? I say all of that to just set up the conversation. What do you think, mom, are some of the reasons why Gen X and boomers are just not in a space even to really have that conversation with their children? One thing I think that is vitally important is even the topic here, right? Granting grace to grow. And one thing from a parental standpoint, I think it's hard for that information to land because many of us did not have a clue what we were doing. And we know that we gave all we had to give and we did our best. And so then when our adult children are saying what their hurt is, the way that we hurt them or something that we said that they even carry to adulthood, we don't quite know what to do with that. And I think from Mm -hmm. a humanistic standpoint, it sounds as if one is being devalued or it sounds as if one is being 
attacked in some form of their parenting, right? And so this mm. automatic wall of defense is if I took a glass of water on the table and I picked it up and I motioned as if I was going to throw it at the person across the table, our natural reaction would be to duck or to mm -hmm. put our hands up to kind of guard ourselves from what we're receiving. And I think the same kind of thing happens because it's new, because as a Gen X, I was not allowed a space like this, right? Yeah. But I'm, I am conscious and intentional that I desire to have a deeper relationship with my adult children than what my parents are having with me and my brother. And so the only way to do that is to do something different because insanity is what? To keep doing the same thing, expecting yeah. a different result. Right. And we are both way more educated to know that's not going to work. Right. So I think that's why it often is difficult because it feels like you are devaluing what I did and it took everything that I had. And, you mm -hmm. know, for some parents, it's like, I felt like I was going to lose my mind. I, I may have stayed when I wanted to go. I, I cried, you know, just all these things that often children, um, which they shouldn't be right, aren't aware that the parent went through. And so then, yeah, to hear, that is true. You know, then to hear this kind of feedback, it also takes the parent back to a space, right? Because the adult children have gone to a space, which is why this conversation um, is even being had. So I like to think of it in, in this regard. And I've been thinking about it since we had lunch that day was asking millennials to consider just a consideration to give us information in bite-sized pieces so we can chew on it and digest it. Okay. Versus you give me a big hunk and I'm supposed to process it. And, and that's what I mean when I say chew, like process it, think it over. Um, and I want to share, it might take a moment for us to go back to that spot, to that misstep, to that place where we hurt you in our own thinking to locate it, to find it, right? It's very present to our adult child, but it may be way back in our database. And, That's depend fair. and depending on how many things are there and how much hurt and pain the parent has, they may not even remember it. And what I, what I would hate is for the adult child to think that the parent is just saying that to be saying it. Uh, they may actually not remember in that moment. They may have to think about it and think about it. And it might be a week or so that they're like, oh, oh, wait, I kind of remember. OK, talk to me about that again versus I said something. You didn't respond in the manner I thought you should see. This is what I'm talking about. And then the communication dies again. That's fair. That's fair. I know that a lot of millennials right now want to have the conversation. And the way we're having that conversation may be particular because we're coming from a place of hurt as well. It's kind of like, how do you deliver something that hurt you to someone who is the one that essentially hurt you? It's kind of like, yes. it is such a very difficult conversation to have. Mm -hmm. It's a scary conversation to have with your parent. 
Um, because, and I think I can speak to most people in these situations, like you still love your parent. It's not that you want them to feel devalued or want them to feel guilty, but I think acknowledgement is really what we're looking for. And even that has become difficult. And I agree to your, to your tips that it might be that the Gen X or the boomer needs time to think about it, to locate it in their database. The experience that some millennials are having is that the parent just gaslights them, completely disregards them, um, makes it minor and pushes it away. And it kind of like re-hurts you. It's kind of like Absolutely. I took a lot of strength to yes. bring this to you that I'm disregarded. It's like, yes. you know what? I don't want to deal um, with being disregarded a second time when I got all this adult strength after like going to therapy and sitting with myself and having time to really reflect. And it hurts even more. And you're just kind of like, you know what? I don't want to deal with this. I don't want, I don't have to deal with this now that I'm an adult. And I think what's very interesting, because I'm starting to see this a little bit more, is that our generation has started to say to themselves, I don't have to have a relationship with my parent. Where I think previously we've been taught that family over everything, blood is thicker than water. And with that, there's just been a lot of things that have been swept under the rug. There's just been a lot of disrespect had all around, a lot of family secrets just like buried down, things that are not acknowledged, people that are not held accountable. But I think millennials are kind of like, you know what? I don't have to be with my mother if she's raggedy. I just don't have to. And it's interesting because Gen X and, and, and boomers are like, uh, excuse me, I'm your mother. So you still have to. And we're kind of like, no, actually, I don't. Because respect should be had on both sides. Have you also started to see some of that shift <laughs> with like your circles as a Gen Xer? Yeah, I... <laughs> hear you. And I am aware that that is happening. I am often the one in my circle who has got pushback in relation to just what you're saying and their stance or their comments have been, well, I did the best that I could. They're grown now. They've got to learn how to whatever, whatever. And a lot of that, in my opinion, retort or unpacking comes from their own lived experience, that there was no space for for that generation, me included, to do that. I definitely have heard that from my own inner circle, that they have had those kind of responses when their kids have tried to have conversations regarding one thing or another from their childhood and how they were hurt, whether it was something that was done or if it was something that was said, their response we've talked about, like within my own circle. And I have been the only one who has had the lens of saying, you know what? I'm the adult. Not that my adult child is not an adult, but I'm your parent. You're not my parent. So I feel it's more on me, my responsibility to keep the lines of communication two way and be willing to listen. Now, it's not easy. And I think that is why 
the initial is all the things you talked about, right? All the things yeah. you just listed because I don't know what to do with it. Um, and I don't know what to say because often this is a generation who was raised that you are, children are seen and not heard. So this whole idea of now our adult children having a space that they want to discuss the way in which they were parented. And that's not in a positive manner, mind you, but a checklist of things that were done <laughs> in a negative manner. That's a lot. Yeah. I, I'd like to liken it not to lessen the, that adult children feel that's not my intent at all. I want everyone to do a better job. I want my boomers and my Gen X to know that loving your kid who is now a grown up is acknowledging that you're not perfect. And duh, we know we're not perfect. So then if they're saying this is the thing that hurt me, it doesn't even necessarily mean that we need to have an answer. You all aren't asking us to fix something that's in the past because we can't go back in the past and fix it. You all are asking to be heard. You're asking for us to sit with it, mm-hmm. not have a response right away, not try to defend it. Right. And then let's have a conversation, an adult two-way conversation. Yes. Emphasis on adult, which is interesting because a lot of times I think our parents don't see us as that. It's very much so like I'm your parent, right? Why not the mental shift of, I don't know, it seems, let me back up a little bit. It seems very situational. Like for some parents, your child is an adult when it's beneficial. Like I'm not paying for this or get out of my house for that. But then like they're a child and you're the parent and you just need to do what I tell you to do when it then benefits you. It is a very interesting dynamic with the back and forth of the parental child relationship. Like what's some positive and negative things we can do to mend these relationships? Doing what we're doing now, having conversations allowing dialogue to destroy the continuation of the pain, right? There's no button to hit to delete it, but I think definitely conversations lend itself to people being heard and to having an understanding because sometimes as a parent, you're not even aware that what you said or did landed that way, that it's hurt that's been carried on into adulthood, which has something to do with how our grownups move in the world. And so I think one thing to do is what we're doing to talk and have those conversations, be willing as parents to listen um, without a response. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay to listen without a response. I think another way to approach it, especially um, is, is granting grace to grow. I know I've had my own, situations in which what was said to me was in the past, when I've tried to talk, you would get frustrated and start to shout or be angry and mad or curse. And I said, okay, when was the last time that happened? And they went back to being a teenage years. And I said, okay, 
but where everybody's grown now. <laughs> so when was the last time as being an adult that that transpired? And for me, that's kind of where that language of granting grace to grow, that just as the child is no longer a child and they've grown to be an right. adult, as a parent, you all are no longer being parented by us, but we're also growing, right? We we also right. realize and see some stuff differently now with you being 32 than I did when you were 15. Because when you were 15, I was a certain age and I'm not that age anymore either. So just that like- is true. And we can give grace in that way. And a lot of people, because we are in therapy, can also kind of flip the coin at And if you don't, you should, (laughs) but we have to be able to flip the coin and say, my parent did like you all have said the best with what they had at the time. And that's so true that we have to understand that we're not perfect. We're definitely not perfect. Very important that we do continue these conversations. Like you're saying, like you said that what I've seen on the other side of this, when it doesn't go positive are just so many people who are like, I have a sperm donor. I don't know that nigga. A father, what's what's that? Like every Father's Day, you have people like, happy Father's Day to my mom. Or like you have Father's Day or Mother's Day roll around and people are like, I'm not getting that witch, nothing. <laughs> it's, people are like openly now resentful of their parents mm-hmm. <laughs> because their parents mm-hmm. are just like, I'm not going to be the first to speak to my child. Like pride and like ego is super, super deep in a lot of family, child, parent relationships. Mm -hmm. And it seems like if we're going to also have another way to like get through this positively as we grow and try and heal these generational curses and generational trauma, we have to be able to take accountability And to have the conversations and to grow and to say, you know what? I did the best I could with what I had at the time, which we understand. Um, But I want to be better. We can't also Mm -hmm. keep putting ourselves in the same situation because a lot of times parents would be like, oh, yeah, girl, I know I fucked up my bad and like still be shit. So like we also want to like hold you accountable as well. (laughs) And I think Um, those ongoing conversations are going to be the way to move parents who are in that space out of that space into a different space. Because if if that's the way you move, think about it, that parent has moved that way mm-hmm. all their lives. Mm-hmm. And so to think that one conversation is going to even give a 180, let alone a 360, is just completely unrealistic. So to continue to have the conversation, I think is important to True. have these reminders have or, times. you know, like a cold word, like eh, you're doing it <laughs> like, <laughs> like, hold on now, pull it back now. Like, you know, w- whatever it is, time, you out. Know, time out or, you know, when you Flag on little, the play. it's like, right. Had a cold word. Like if, <laughs> if you've been kidnapped <laughs> and you, we on the phone, the cold word is elephant. I don't know, but something. <laughs> Bananas. <laughs> exactly. You know, because we have been doing this thing all this time. And on the flip side of that, me and my friend were talking earlier today. And I said, my granny used to say it this way. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> That's and such a black saying. What does <laughs> that means? What? That means everything 
that was done and the way in which I was parented was not bad. Did my parents make mistakes? Absolutely. But there are a lot of things that they got right. Mm -hmm. And even the spaces that they made mistakes, I learned from that, right? I took something away from that to be a better parent, to be a better woman, to be a better wife, a friend, a sister, all of that jazz, right? So that's what that means. All of it was not bad. Um, Right. And people always say, eat the meat, toss the bones, right? The the meat is edible. The bone is not. So, so take uh, from the experience what take, you need to from a growing right, perspective from exactly. a, I know not to do that. I know what my triggers or trauma is. Exactly. I might not be able to really understand like why my parent did it, but I understand where it has helped me grow. Yes. And sometimes yes. it's just where you have to leave it. You just got to exactly. leave it exactly. right there and be like, exactly. you know what? I wish it right. will. Because with <laughs> some parents, with, with some parents, it will be a continued conversation and a willingness mm-hmm. that, that everybody is granted grace to grow and everybody is growing. Right. And then there are going to be situations that that's not the case. And so mm-hmm. when we have those situations that that's not the case, you do what you can as the adult child to grant. So you can protect your peace and right. still have some, kind of relationship that feels safe for you with your parent. Um, Because what I don't want is for millennials to click the delete and tomorrow's not promised. And so we think that something is really a huge deal right now. And tomorrow, and someone's not here, then we're faced with the realization that it was hurtful, but was it worth that? The delete. Mm. And That's you a perspective get, that I've not thought of. You know, and you can't get that back. Um, right. And and I've seen that. I, I've seen spaces where then the mom, the dad passes away and there's that adult child trying to get in the casket. There's that adult child at the burial that somebody's on the left and the right trying to hold them up. Because for whatever reason within a relationship, they made a conscious decision to no longer be present. And then their parent wasn't present. And so they were not willing on one end or on both ends to continue communication. Um, I've always tried to move in a space that if I wake up tomorrow and my mom or dad are gone, I know that I continue to have a relationship with them in a level on, on a level that worked for everybody involved. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the other thing is, so then from out of my parent hat to now my career being an educator, if you're talking to a parent about their child and most of the time these conferences are happening because there's been something negative that has occurred, you don't start with the negative <laughs> sandwich. The good, parent is that good. The parent is going to immediately become defensive. Then they're going to like hit delete and they're really not going to hear anything else you have to say. It true. So those qualities about that student that are admirable, that show leadership, 
that they move in circles with their peers that just illuminates the whole middle school experience when they're in the hall. Those are the things that need to be said to the parent first. So then when you say, Miss Gail, I'd like to now let's shift a little bit. There was a thing that happened yesterday that kind of caught me off guard with Jacob. Of course, his name is Jacob. Then, you know, just as an example, now we have a person that's more willing to be vested and even me as an individual and what I have to say about their child. Because I did not throw out the baby with the bathwater. I didn't just say your kid and here's a list trash. Of, of things. Exactly. <laughs> I said, no, these are the excellent qualities about your child. And it's 10 of those. And then there are three that need improvement. Versus there are 50 that need improvement. And I got one thing that's wonderful. Who wants to hear that? Nobody wants to hear that. Absolutely no one. That's also an amazing tip for managers who are delivering feedback to employees. I figured I'd let it be known that that's a transferable skill. (laughs) It absolutely is. It absolutely is. Because that's an evaluation that is not what you want to hear. That's going to make you feel defeated and why am I giving this job all that I have? And the list goes on and on. So I exactly. agree wholeheartedly. This this is something that I found beneficial for me with my own parents. So I, I think that makes it easier if I talk about me. Um, mm. And my parents married high school, young. My dad came from a very dysfunctional household. My mom had some hurt and pain. And then they married and had me. Wow. Woo. Um, so <laughs> there was a lot going on. And as I got older, there was a space that me and my dad were not communicating because it just was not a safe space emotionally. And so I needed to protect my peace. And then I started to just really want to have more. And I started asking God, like, How do I get to that space? And what God helped me do and said to me was, I need you to stop looking at your mom and dad as your parents. And I need you to see them as people. And then I need Mm -hmm. you to see them as people, just not people like today where you are in the world. But I need you to see your dad as an African-American man who was 19 with a wife in the middle of the civil rights movement with only a high school diploma trying to figure out how to make money to take care of his family. Yeah. That's a completely different dynamic than somebody 19 sitting in 2021. That doesn't look the same. That's not the same. And then God said, now I need you to look at the people that raised him. Well, his parents were young teenagers. And so his grandparents said to his parents, you all are young. You're not quite sure what you're doing. Give us the kids. So they did. But okay, now let's look at the grandparents. They were older and my great grandfather had some challenges and issues with alcohol. So then that's what my father saw. So when I started to do that, I was in tears. Yeah. Because nobody gets to pick their parents. And so my dad did not intentionally mean to hurt me. But he was hurt and he saw nothing else. And we know from research, because I'm also 
Dr. Gail, and I've done a lot of research. And <laughs> Bless data your heart. You <laughs> data, better than me. <laughs> data and research tells us that children become and walk out what they see, not what the what we tell them. So what's modeled in front of them? So what was modeled in front of my dad was not positive, but was negative. And so his grandparents raised him, but that was not a healthy situation. That wasn't a lot of love shown on a consistent basis. And then when his father showed up, it was because his grandmother called and said he had been misbehaving. So his dad would show up to reprimand, to discipline, which meant put hands on and then leave. So then he's left with that abandonment. And now he's a parent in the middle of the 60s, working for a company, being part of a group, trying to start a union and then being blackballed. So then no one would hire him. Really? I don't think I knew that story. That is my point. Sometimes let's sit with parents and find out their story. Because honestly, until we started having real conversations, I'm like, man, that's a lot, mom. (laughs) I don't know how the hell you did it. (laughs) Because I have to be able to see you as a parent. And a lot of times parents cover up their humanness because they want their child to look at them in a respectful manner as if we can't respect you with flaws or that. I guess parents believe that if they were honest with their child about their discretions or things that they did in their, in their past, that we would follow a similar path. And that's not necessarily the case. Here's the, here's the other piece too. Um, There are times that we don't know what we don't know. Right. Right. We don't know what we don't know. We are modeling and walking out what was done to us the way it was done. And we gave all we had to give. We know that we made mistakes. We know that we messed up. But then all that we're hearing is you messed up, you messed up, you messed up. And for many parents, they echo that themselves louder than the adult child ever could. So I'm I'm so grateful for spaces like this where these can at least be conversation starters, right? That someone will hear our conversation, mother to daughter. You are my firstborn. I am the mother of of a tribe (laughs) of, you know, four phenomenal (laughs) young people, you know, three, one sensational son. um, And me and your dad made mistakes. And I remember your sister saying that there are a lot of things that she doesn't per se hold your dad so tight about because she's heard a lot of his story. She sat with him and he's unpacked his childhood. Oh yeah. Dad, it was a wild boy. He was a wild boy. (laughs) You know, and, and, and shared a lot of things that not only he did, but things that happened to him. Right. Who kind of made him, who he is, you know, those things that happened to me that made me who I am. So I know for me, that makes it a lot easier for me to put the hurt and the pain from my childhood that my mom and dad did on the back because I'm 54 now and my mom was born 
in 48 and my dad in 47. And just from a nature standpoint, I'm not going to have them another 50 years. And so I want to spend the time that I have with them, loving on them. And even those times, they'll say, I'm just so proud of you. I'm so proud of my grandkids. Oh, my God. How did it even happen? I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) I made so many mistakes. Oh, my God. They know. I know. We know. And so I think conversations like this are good because it lets other families know you can have a conversation. It allows a millennial to look at something from a different lens when they start the conversation. It allows a Gen X and a boomer to hear from another Gen X, another way to think, another way to receive the information from your from your adult child that they're not trying to hurt you. And that doesn't mean that they don't love you. That doesn't mean that they don't respect you. It doesn't mean that they don't value you. It doesn't mean that they do not appreciate all the things that you've done for them. It does not mean any of that. It simply means that they are in such a place of being whole that they want to fix those broken places. They want to build on those broken places and they want to do it with you, with the parent, because they love you. And they very well could say, you know what? Screw you. I ain't never got to talk to you no more. And a lot of young people are doing that. But that's That's not what we want. You do not have to be a part of this healing journey. You do (laughs) not. It is a privilege for us to bring you on the journey with us. And we want to take our parents with us. Absolutely. Some of them ain't acting right. And we might not be able to take them with us. (laughs) And then that's where we grant grace because that's what grace is. Grace is something that is not deserved, but it's still given. Oof. So that's what grace is. That's what we're talking about, right? Granting grace to grow. Because here's the other thing. Granting something to someone that they do not deserve. I'm going to have to work on that one, mom. I'm going to have to work on that one. We all working on that one. That's (laughs) that's being human. Let's be real. We all working on that. And we working on it in every space in our job and our relationship with our partner and a relationship with our kids, relationship as a sister. We're all working on that. True. That's an ongoing process. But here's the deal. The willingness to do it blesses everybody, because if millennials ever decide to become a parent, guess what? Whatever man soweth, some folks call it karma. <laughs> whatever you shall reap out it. In the universe, it comes back to you. So for all of us who are unwilling to grant grace, then grace doesn't come back to us. But for those of us who are willing to grant grace and to maybe consider seeing something from a different perspective, from understanding from someone else's hurt and pain, then we move ourselves to be better. Because here's the deal. I am intentional about having a relationship that is different sooner. So like where me and my mom and my dad are and me in my 50s and them in their 70s. You're not 50 and I'm not 70. We didn't get there then, right? You're 30 and I'm 50 and we're there. (laughs) Yeah. And then moving it beyond that, wouldn't it be awesome if when you have children or if Sydney and Samaya get there when Samaya is 12 and Sydney is whatever? Yeah. Like CJ and Shay, they started very early and it was like unheard of the fact that like CJ could have an opinion. We were like, 
what is he talking back? Is this what talking back looks like? And like we didn't know. <laughs> exactly. We wouldn't have known, but like we he got to have he got to have choice. <laughs> exactly. So and those he, those are good conversations. Those are good things to talk about because they don't just start when you all become adults. They really start at the very beginning and finding that, that balance. Is the hope. Right. That's the Fine. hope that it can yeah. start at the beginning. Yes. Yes. And we are getting, I'm hoping like black families are working on it so that we can get there a lot sooner. Cause that's yes. the hope that every other generation yes. does better than yes. the one before. And we and, can't. And let, and let me say this to millennials, because we have these conversations in my professional space. When parents are in survival mode, it is difficult to see beyond that. Mm-hmm. So some millennials are not in survival mode, but their parents still are. Their parents are still living check to check. Their parents still are getting older, but they have inadequate health care. They cannot afford their prescriptions. They're, you know, they're debating if I'm paying the light bill versus the gas bill. Some millennials are better off than their parents. And some of their parents are in survival mode. So And they want to keep that secret because they're the parent and they don't want you to worry. So sometimes not sharing is not about pride. It's not about our unwillingness to let you see our flaws, but it's about not wanting to put more on you, not wanting you to have another thing that burdens you or that takes up your think space. Because we're always trying as parents, even when y'all grown to protect you. And we know we can't protect you, but in our mind, that's our small way, right? Mm. I wouldn't, I don't think I would have ever thought of it that way, you know, because we do look at our parents like, oh, our parents got it. They've, they've quote unquote have had to have it, but a lot of people are still in survival mode. And I've, don't judge me, but I saw these, I've been seeing these trends on TikTok about positive parenting. But I saw one particular person's perspective where she said positive parenting is essentially privileged parenting because when you're in survival mode, you don't have patience. If that child spills cereal and you can afford to replace it, that's fine. But if you are living paycheck to paycheck and that child wastes cereal and you can't afford to replace it, then you are going to get an attitude. You're not going to be able to breathe through that because you have to figure out how I'm going to be able to make more money to replace this. And I was like, I haven't, I haven't thought of that perspective. That was, but that was very eye opening. And it's unfortunate because single black mothers are the first ones to be demonized for the fact that they're not the softest or overly masculine, but it's survival mode. Cause one, yes. she's the, the parent that's still there. And then two, our parents are doing the best that they can. So I thought that was super interesting because I know a lot of millennials who we are doing a lot better than our parents, because that is the blessing, the hope that what we want for every generation. But a lot of millennials are not spanking their children. And a lot of millennials are adopting positive parenting where they're encouraging their child and they're more intentional about the words that they use. Yes. But yes. when she said that that actually is considered like privileged parenting to be able to be a positive parent or to parent in a positive way, I was like, she might be on to something. She's absolutely <laughs> on to something. I, and I love that because again, those are the the things in my career on a professional side that 
I deal with, right? Because it's what I do. So I know that affords me a very different lens than most parents Mm -hmm. because I work with children my whole life and then my own children versus other people. That's not necessarily their case. So in that regard, it does, it, it allows a lot more practice, so to speak, in that regard. And I love that. And that's what I meant earlier when I was talking about you toss the bones, but you eat the meat. You don't throw the baby out with the bath water. Um, mm-hmm. And it's even with the spanking. I hear a lot of emphasis on that. That's not the emphasis. The emphasis is discipline. Right. And discipline right. is love. And then you as a parent get to decide how you love your child versus it's this one way versus nothing. It's like, no. And so I, I too am encouraged. I saw something earlier. I watched um, a few folks follow them on IG and he was having a conversation with his five-year-old and he was real intentional about telling him it's okay to cry. I know you're upset, but let's talk about why are you upset? And he took the time to give the child think time, <laughs> mm-hmm. respond time. And then he mm-hmm. took his own think time and then he asked more questions and he wasn't asking questions because he didn't know the answer. He was asking questions to help his child unpack process. His thinking and process. So Which is I love important. that. Important. Cause I don't think a lot of times people are able to process emotions. That's why we yeah. have s- such an emotional deficit amongst so many individuals in this world, because we're not allowed to process emotions. And then we have a, a whole gender that was told yes. they can't even have them. Because here's the other piece, right? Your generation, and you've heard me say this, when I grow up, I'm going to be like you as it relates to travel, right? <laughs> your oh, generation yes. has embraced in your twenties, this idea of self-care. I didn't mm. even understand self-care until I was in my 40s. You all are already understanding the importance of taking care of yourself first so you can take care of others. My generation, take care of you. What are we doing that? I'm not taking care of I got stuff to do. I don't have no time for that. So just completely different perspectives. So I think sometimes millennials having this Um, this objective attitude or perspective or vision that past generations had no choice or did a thing in a certain manner. No, they didn't. Just as varied as you all are, is as varied as my generation that some people did get pregnant and got married. And it was just as many who did not. (laughs) There were just as many, um, and who were born in the thirties who stayed married in abusive relationships and just as many women and black women who said, no, thank you, who divorced him and married somebody else or remained single. So people are people and it is not one generation wholeheartedly or the bell curve or the largest percentile did and moved in this manner. People are people. So we, wow. we, we have, All these different, Mm -hmm. you know, perspectives and and people aren't necessarily doing one thing because of another thing. But this conversation, conversations, period, um, are so important to have. And so I like that idea of privileged parenting because that is a person who is whole within themselves, 
who then has the it's space a lot, and the to even happen. See to be what I'm old saying? And yourself is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And then you got to show up for somebody else all the time. Look, a friend of mine, we were talking today and um, Rachel said to her, because she's been working as a teacher, right? Mm -hmm. And she said, you know what, mom? I understand why. I, I get it now. She said, because I'd be at work all day with other people's kids. And then for me to come home and deal with my own kids and a husband and my house ain't clean and people ain't took out the trash and the dishes ain't washed. <laughs> I would be mad and angry too. You know, so just. Oh yes. That, think- that <laughs> when the child becomes an adult and that like life perspective kicks your ass and you call your parent and you just be like, I just want to say, sorry, I didn't get it, but I get it now. I totally understand what you mean by why we are ungrateful little heathens when you come home and we didn't take the chicken out before you got there. Like all we had to do was take the chicken out. Ah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) It is. I, I so understand it. I so understand it now. Thank you so much, Dr. Brandy Gale for being such an amazing secondary perspective, voice educator, bright spot, I super appreciated you being here. I super appreciate your willingness to have me here on your in your space and on Tactless Radio. I'm so honored to be here. And as always, I am so very proud of you, my firstborn, Miss B, who has always been telling folks what to do and how to do it. <laughs> well, when you're on purpose. <laughs> so should have known. You should have known this is how I was going to be ever since I was a kid. Like... <laughs> I did. Very